This is Pivot Perspectives with Chris O'Byrne, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on their road to success and get exclusive access on how to implement their success into your life and business. Pivot Perspectives is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Chris O'Byrne. Yeah, so let's talk about the the Steinberg Sports Academy. It's uh, pretty exciting what's happening there. Uh, what did you want to start out, you know, talking about? Well, it is exciting. I think uh, the concept is certainly well received uh, in all of my interactions anyway, and these interactions as well. Uh, I think. You know, just to give a sense of, in addition to the questions that you asked normally, uh, of how we got there from here, uh, is based on what's happening in public education. And uh, just to give you a little background, uh, I'm a practitioner. I was with AT&T for 30 years, did some merger and acquisition stuff. And then uh, one of the jobs I had at AT&T was to formulate the first project management office that they had um, developed and they had major projects, but no real formal way to manage those. So I was uh, tasked with forming this group. And as I hired people to, uh, to help with that, it was very apparent that they didn't have the skills that they needed to do that. And, um, there was no formal way to get them skilled up <laughs> in a, on a timely basis. And so the skills were leadership, uh, project management discipline, of course, but also elements of entrepreneurship and other things that would make a successful project manager or a leader. And so I helped develop in conjunction with a couple of different universities, a, I'll call it a, a master's degree in technology management, for lack of a better term. And um, so that was pretty successful, but it got me into academia, although I hadn't anticipated ever being in that space. <laughs> so so I was dra dragged into it. Um, and as a result of uh, the popularity of that master's degree, ended up doing some uh, some teaching as an adjunct and um, kind of got into academia in that way. And ultimately, I was asked to come on board and do some work with the um, University of Arizona Global Campus. And I became a professor and a dean in the Ford School of Business. And one of the uh, tasks uh, that was assigned to me was to be the liaison with Forbes. Well, I didn't know anybody at Forbes, and neither did anybody else at the university, I guess. So the thing <laughs> that I did was I called uh, the guys whose name was on the door, Steve Forbes, and uh, asked him if he would be on an advisory board. Give us some guidance relative to you know what you think we need because um if you've been in that world of academia sometimes it gets um sort of parametrically focused you're, you're talking about 
concepts and theory and all of that, and you think you're doing the right stuff, but it might not re relate to what's really needed or required. So Steve, if you know him at all, he's just a brilliant guy, but he's he's a down-to-earth gentleman of, uh, of the finest quality. Uh, you can talk to him about anything. He always has insightful responses, but uh, once I had him on the board and I chaired the board, I was able to um, entice a lot of other high-profile folks because you know, Steve's name was associated, so it was pretty easy. And got some great people. Um, Rich Carlgard, who was the publisher of Forbes magazine. Uh, Ken Fisher, who you know from Fisher Investments. Their commercials are continuous, right? Yes. <laughs> he's a great guy to uh, billionaire. Doesn't care. What I like about him is he is uh, doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He'll just tell you. You know, this is my experience, and this is why I think so. And uh, I could tell you great stories about him, but this isn't the place for that. Um, so I had uh, ultimately 17 people on the board, um, and they were a mix of academic expertise, but mostly focused on business, and it wasn't um, designed to accomplish any particular goal except to give us insight relative to um, what the value of education was and what the expectation of the product that we were uh, providing, which was the graduate student, to the business community. And it was pretty clear that what we were providing wasn't sufficient. Um, so uh, you might be great at academic theory and uh, really a brilliant student, but how do you perform when you're given a task in business? And so that that's the issue that continued to come up to uh, to the university relative to how do we improve what we're doing? And most universities are in that same boat. And in their defense, um, the way to develop, I don't know if you are into academia much, but uh, they have some restrictions on how they can develop new programs and new courses and new degrees. Uh, first of all, you have to apply to uh, Department of Education, and then you have to get through the accreditation process, and there are you know, several uh, accreditors, but in this case, it was WASC, the Western uh, uh, Coast. Uh, that Those processes both take months, if not years. Uh, then there's a state BPPE requirement. Every state has to approve what you're teaching. Um, there's the internal political nuances of any corporate structure, like uh, in the case of academia, it's the faculty senate. And the administration and all of the everybody has to agree <laughs> and that never happens so you have nope. to do a process uh to to get anything done so the, so the short answer is that it, it takes a long time so by the time let's say we're developing a new technology degree by the time you actually can offer it to students and they go through it and get into the business community it's obsolete it's 
it's stuff that uh, you know no longer applies. So, uh, so my recommendation, and I became an advocate uh, on the business side, I guess, as much as the academic side. I could see both sides of the, of the equation uh, of trying to do something different, uh, which would be include perhaps certifications and certificates that were practitioner focused and that um, could provide uh, the kinds of skills that you need uh, to perform in business uh, in addition to or ancillary to academic degrees. And so not everybody needs a degree for every position. Uh, we kind of have a cultural uh, focus on, you know, you've got to be successful, you've got to do all these things in life, including get these graduate degrees. Well, I have a lot of degrees, but they don't necessarily prepare me personally to, <laughs> to function in, in business. I, <laughs> you know, we've all been there, right? You learn from, uh, from being in that position, from your mistakes, from all the other, from your mentors. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you are successful. And so I don't want it to be construed as criticism of the academic community, but I think there are a variety of, of ways to uh, perhaps enhance that educational process. Yeah. So I was an advocate of that. Um, and like most universities, they uh, weren't necessarily predisposed to change. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so as a result, I thought, well, if I believe what I say, then I ought to, I ought to do something about it. So, um, so I formed a company called Envisage Global that basically partners with universities to ensure academic um, quality and the right approach. And also though partners with industry and um, curriculum development organizations and things like that to provide uh, non-degree certificates and certifications that have gone through an assessment process and are very specific to skills. Uh, so that, uh, and I'm sorry I've taken so long to explain this whole thing, oh, but great. You, need, you need a little background about how we got there. <laughs> so, uh, so I form, you know, none of us are good at everything. And so I'm a big believer in complementary core competencies, partnering with best in class folks, and together we're more successful, right? So I partner or strategic alliance partnerships with a lot of different uh, entities that uh, need curriculum development or are providing development. And, uh, and so we help them market their, their programs and get them through an assessment process uh, and, and do other things like that. And one of my strategic partners was uh, the Steinberg organization. They do some uh, excellent work in education in the sports world. It has to do with um, the health of athletes. Uh, it has to do with uh, leadership. It has to do with a variety of things that would be prevalent in any area, any discipline, but, but focused on sports, of course. And so in having that discussion with Lee, um, 
our thought was if we see that the educational community and again i'm not i'm not ragging on them necessarily but there's got to be ways to improve that process and so as a professor i noticed even at the graduate level uh, students don't understand critical thinking they don't know how to integrate higher order thinking into the discussion um, so they're, they're they're biased they tell you what you think uh, you want to hear uh, without supporting their hypothesis in any other way and that that's concerning from the standpoint of what is the future of our country and if our educational process is that way which i think is behind the eight ball um that's not a good that's not a good thing so for my kids my grandkids uh, for the community uh for all the stakeholders i'll put it that way um we thought we could come up with a better solution and the solution obviously uh, from a root cause analysis perspective is pretty complex but one of the ways that we decided to address it was to integrate higher order thinking into as early as the ninth grade, so high school. And so that high school students could get their basic education, of course, which is important, but also start to understand the nuances associated with how are you successful. And that doesn't mean that you become the CEO of your company. You can be a leader and successful at any job you have, but you have to apply the right attributes and you have to have the right discipline and tools to understand uh, how you make the best contribution. So, um, so that that was the approach. Uh, so, what we've come up with, and in conjunction with a couple of different universities, uh, is a curriculum for a high school student that's a dual approach. And the approach is uh, that when they graduate, they'll graduate with a high school diploma based on state regulations and all of that, but also a two-year college degree. And the way we can have that happen is by the university partners assessing all of our courses, integrating that higher order thinking into courses and assigning um, assignments uh, that are appropriate to developing those skills instead of just busy work <laughs> and yes. offering them opportunities that they may not get. So for example, one of our partners is uh, uh, a group in the University of California Irvine that has a uh, uh, 350 major CEO membership uh, and there are uh, a lot of them have said we can provide internships, for example, even at the high school level, not just go get me coffee intern, but a real job that uh, has uh, a goal and objective and, and criteria that will enhance that learning process and not to uh, overdo it, not to, you know, create opportunities for students to fail because you've got to be careful you give them more responsibility and more data they've got to be able to process it so we're sensitive to that 
but we're also sensitive to the fact that I think public high school students are under challenged for a variety of reasons. And let's give them, those that want it, the opportunity to enhance their, uh, their growth and their uh, experience, and they can do with it as they wish. Um, so the focus is on high academic standards uh, within reason, but also uh, an opportunity to excel in the sports world. And, and so Lee's, uh, Lee's name is, uh, is a huge marketing factor for us uh, and an attractor, but at the same time, it's not just a sports uh, experience. Uh, and so what we've come up with is those folks that um, do want to be sports stars um, have that capability and they certainly will have the opportunity and relationships to, um, to capitalize on that. But there's a lot of, uh, a lot of opportunities in sports that aren't uh, athlete oriented. So they can be sports directors, they can be health uh, oriented workers, they can be, um, you know, a variety of different uh, job skills that gets them into that sports environment. They can be broadcasters, they can be agents. Uh, Lee teaches a um, sports agent, he teaches other attorneys how to, you know, how to do that, that kind of work. And of course, his uh, list of, of contacts is, is amazing. And so as a startup, um, we don't, we feel like it's, we're not like a regular startup where you, you put a business plan together in a pro forma and then you hope like heck that you get somebody to sign up <laughs> and go through all of that, you know, growth process. So we have a lot of advantages over a traditional startup in that regard. Um, I, I don't want to have you quote this yet because it's still in process and I don't have permission, but for example, we're going to do that same thing with the board of advisors that gives us insight into both the academic side and the, uh, the sports side. So uh, we have a couple of university presidents that will give us that credibility relative to academic. And then um, some superstar sports folks, um, don't use this name, but Warren Moon is going to be on the board. You know, people like that, it's not just uh, the coach at the high school down the street. This is going to be, you know, at the highest level. So um, we, um, we've gone quite a ways along in that development process. It's been a couple of years, but we're, I think we're doing it the right way, uh, cautiously, uh, keeping our standards very high. The dichotomy is probably associated with, um, and it's an elite school by design, but how do you serve the broader community? That's what we believe, and we do. So, um, so that's that's the that's the difficult part. Uh, there are competitors, obviously, that have done something similar, but they are typically either. You know, you don't, you could have a 2.0 grade point average and come to our school because we'll give you all these sports opportunities, or uh, they don't have any sports opportunities to speak of, and so it's just a, a private school. 
So um, we are structuring an opportunity for those that want that dual degree track uh, to have that experience and, and a ton of other uh, potential experiences that at the highest level, but also have a track that will allow students that need to grow into that, uh, that aren't necessarily superstars or aren't necessarily great academics uh, at this point, but still give them the option of how do I improve that? And when I think back at my high school days, I was, <laughs> I won't say I was a wild kid, but I certainly wasn't focused on academics. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we have, uh, we have a lot of kids like that. How can we help them? So it's not, it's an elite goal and objective, but it allows uh, both those folks that are at that level and those that want to be at that level opportunities. So that's the essence of how the school uh, concept got started. Um, I hope I didn't blabber on too much about it, but I'm just trying to give you a sense of, you know, how it came about. Um, that was great. The, the current status is that we partnered with uh, Legacy Sports uh, and the Bell Bank Park facility, which you saw. Uh, unfortunately, you didn't get to get inside and see the inner workings, but it's just a fantastic uh, uh, place. They've got barometric chambers. I mean, they've got state-of-the-art stuff throughout the complex that we wanted to uh, provide, but you couldn't very well build that on your own as a private school. So partnering with them allowed us access to the state-of-the-art facility and still uh, come up with our philosophy of, of what we were trying to do. Um, you'll, you've probably read about it or heard about it, but that complex got into some financial difficulties. They spent $280 million on the complex, um, which is why it's so great. But uh, it happened at the time of COVID, which kept everybody inside and not out in the sports world. And supply chain issues, that slowed down construction, a variety of factors that had an impact to them. And so they defaulted on their bonds. And uh, unfortunately, I think the end result of that is going to be that it goes into receivership and uh, the bondholders take a haircut and, you know, whatever happens, happens. But the, the good news about that from our perspective is that we didn't want to be encumbered by any risk factors like that. So we originally wanted to purchase a piece of property that was contiguous with the 320 acres so we could have access to it, easy access for our students, but didn't want to be uh, encumbered with you know, any legal liability. And so, which was our original plan to locate on the campus. And so um, that was a little, disconcerting, but still doable. But as it turned out, the landowner uh, is going to get part of that land back and he can uh, extract some property from the bond and not be liable. Uh, so it's free and clear and has already agreed to, uh, to give us uh, 15 acres uh, we can't use it all uh, up 
to start with. We we needed 10, we thought, but we are partnering with uh, Park University as one partner who is already committed to leasing space on our campus and also um, uh, having us construct their dormitory and leasing that from us. So we've got a revenue stream already that will offset the cost. And it's a great partner to have because we can capitalize on their faculty, their professors, to help teach some of our high school classes that we've integrated this higher order thing. So, so it was a win-win, uh, you know, one of those scenarios where you form a strategic alliance that's a mutual, mutual value proposition. And, um, and so we're really excited about that. But uh, uh, to get back to the point, the landowner then um, has allocated a piece of property for us that's right at the entrance of the park. And we were way at the back 40 when you were out there, but you know, right at the entrance, we'll have great exposure. It'll be right across the street from a major shopping center development and three hotels that are already under construction. So we have um, uh, a way to bring parents in that uh, you know want to visit their kids if they're boarding students, um, and a lot of amenities around there. It's a really quickly growing area. Uh, in fact, Toll Brothers, I think, just bought 150 acres to build some uh, communities and uh, things like that right across the street. So we're uh, we're excited about still being able to save that relationship um, with the kind of facility that the Bell Bank Park is, and uh, and and be right in the center of it without any of the liability, basically. <laughs> so um, so that's worked out well. It hasn't been, it's been a challenge. We've gotten through through that. Um, we are uh, well on the way to finalizing the curriculum that we think is quite unique. Um, and it's not that we won't be emulated and have competition at some point, but, uh, but that would be a compliment, I suppose. And so we're, uh, we're, we're excited about moving forward. I don't know if I covered all the base, but it kind of gave you a background of how we evolved. Yeah, I think you did cover it. You covered a lot. And uh, yeah, this is very thorough. I took several notes while we were going through this. Um, and I remember seeing the map showing where your property is at. And that is like an ideal location. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, much better than where we were at for the, the camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's... The problem was we didn't uh, we didn't know the, you saw how many people were out there. We didn't notify them till like two weeks before, so we basically oh, wow. got whatever's left over. <laughs> but uh, you can see the interest in sports. I mean, it's just that it's like that every weekend. There's just thousands of, of people bad. out there. Yeah, and uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna have more camps. Uh, Julie is helping. Uh, you know, come on board to help establish that sort of marketing uh, piece that she's good at. So I think our next one is, uh, it might be a volleyball or a soccer camp, I can't recall. But we've got several spaced out over the next uh, three or four or five months uh, to introduce the, the concept to the community and keep everybody motivated and um, so that that's worked out well. 
We also have, um, and I should have said this, but our view in uh, the pro forma is based on three different kinds of students. The local community students that would just come as a result of them being in the approximate location of the school. Um, then we have an international component, which would be primarily online but with residency camps and things like that uh, in the summer and, and perhaps throughout the year. Uh, and we just reached an agreement with the International Student Exchange Organization that has agreed to send um, a ton of of international students on a foreign exchange basis. Uh, and we also, as a result of our partnership with PARC, um, we have an opportunity to provide that to both. Uh, they actually do it to uh, middle school, high school, and college students. So we can provide the, the high school and college student experience. Uh, and with Lee's name, of course, that's a big attraction especially for those that are interested in, in sports. They could come, you know, work out. And Lee can bring, you know, who knows what kind of folks he can bring in um, to, you know, be the instructors. So we had a, a view of those guys last time, uh, NFL guys, but we can get superstars in as well. Yeah. In fact, Lee, yeah. uh, again, I don't want to use names, but, He's, he's got a list of people that will come in and <laughs> help us get this thing off the ground. So um, so it's all come together pretty nicely. And then, of course, the last component is that uh, student that is really focused on uh, academic and sports excellence that, uh, that want to do a boarding school experience. And so looking at IMG and what they've done, and they've been very successful. In fact, I think they just sold it. Um, uh, it's it's a good business model, and all the indicators we have is that we can we can capitalize on a similar model, and our differentiation from them, uh, with that, and, and this probably shouldn't be part of whatever you write, <laughs> but you got it. I think they um, they're they're very they're excellent in sports. Started off as you know tennis primarily, but they've evolved. Um, but not necessarily on the academic side, as, as we've talked about. So I think that's important. We want we want these kids to be successful in life, whatever they do. And you know, the top one or two percent, sure, they'll be sports stars, but that's very few people. And then the other advantage that we have in, in partnering with Lee's company is that he does a lot of um, work with athletes who have, you know, two, three, four years in the NFL, perhaps, or Major League Baseball or wherever, and then they're injured or something happens, and now they're, you know, they're 27 years old and they're, they don't have a job, and they don't necessarily have skills that translate from the football field to, you know, the boardroom. So, so we think that that's a huge demographic, and um, and we have an opportunity to help out there in that regard. We also are focused on the stakeholder group. So, for example, um, parents or grandparents or whatever, the biggest demographic growing in the U.S. today is uh, seniors. 
And so uh, we don't want to ignore that group. Uh, they've got a lot of experience. Uh, they got free time. They got disposable income. They want to do something. Maybe they're an entrepreneur and want to open a little business or something, but they don't know how do I write a business plan? How do I get it funded? How do, you know, all of those things that uh, entrepreneurs need to know. So we're, we're going to provide a program for them as well. So our focus is on the high school, <laughs> but there are so many uh, opportunities to leverage what we have together. Um, and I'll call them complementary core competencies. Everybody, you know, has their area of expertise. And so my job is to marry all of that and make it, you know, a viable uh, scenario uh, from both an academic perspective, but also from a business perspective. So uh, academia isn't very good at managing business. If you're a state-run institution, you don't care, you just, you know, taxpayer funded. I'm going to buy more property. I'm going to build new buildings. If you're uh, if you're not, then you've got all the issues that you have to deal with as uh, you know a growing business. So we we need to focus on uh, all of those things and pull that together. And so that's that's kind of what I've been doing. And uh, with the help of uh, John, who is uh, you, he wasn't out there, I guess uh, that that weekend. But John. Uh, Straw is the president of Steinberg Sports. So Lee's the chairman, uh, but a lot of the tactical, you know, implementation operations stuff goes to John. John's been a key uh, uh, player in helping bring all of this together. And uh, so I'm really pleased to work with him. And um, he's got the same vision, uh, understands the mission, and as Lee does. So we're, we're excited to move forward. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how this turns out. And I sure hope you weren't planning on retiring anytime soon. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of have a couple of times, but it's no fun. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know I'm not a good golfer, so, you know. I just... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't see ever, like, not doing something exciting like this. So exactly. totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, I hope I didn't talk on too long. Uh, our, no, this is very useful. Okay. So yeah. I'll send you this little thing that uh, I just put together. You can use it or not. It's up to you. Um, I'll incorporate one, some of that for sure. Yeah. The one thing that you, you a story from your childhood that was instrumental. Um like I said, I wasn't necessarily a great student or anything like that, but I learned from from mentors and which, you know, you can't think enough. You don't realize it at the time, but, you know, how they change your life and how they help you. So I grew up in an orphanage till about the age of six. And, uh, you know, those are your formative years. And so I think I was disadvantaged in a lot of ways because of that. But I was fortunate enough to be brought into, um, my parents were uh, not able to have children. And so they, they brought a lot of uh, challenged kids uh, into their life. And uh, uh, over a hundred uh, kids and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're not living any longer. But um, 
as I think about that, and I happen to be the first one, and it was because uh, the late age was because that would have been the age of the child that they were trying to have that they couldn't. And so I was just fortuitous enough to have, you know, still not be placed somewhere and, and have that uh, opportunity. But those, the, you know, that, that's, that, that was interesting because all of us, 100 kids, brothers and sisters, and I didn't know them all because I, you know, evolved over time and, and left, but I knew most of them. And we all had our challenges and, you know, having an opportunity with people that would dedicate themselves and sacrifice, you know, some of their own goals and objectives to help kids was really a motivating force for me to think, how can I do that? You know, how can I pass that on? So, um, so that was, uh, that was the early, that was the first question you asked, but I didn't want to get too much into that. But, um, but all of it fits together to, you know, bring this vision to, you know, a group of people that can, uh, between us all, implement it. And, and I couldn't be happier with the, the folks that are, you know, wanting to be involved and have, uh, you know, done their, their part. It just, uh, just an amazing uh, thing to come together. But it's, uh, it's fun. No. <laughs> it's hard work, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's why we do it. It's yeah. passion in it. Yeah. Well, well thank you so uh, much. You should just uh, just forward this to your email and. Uh, yep, that'd be perfect. All right, sir. Well, thanks for your time this morning. Let me spell. Thank off you. <laughs> no, this is this is great stuff. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. I'll forward this on, and uh, let's stay to, let's stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Enjoy your weekend. You too. Thanks for listening to Pivot Perspectives with your host, Chris O'Byrne. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advice on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.